All right, soccer freaks. This is ATL on Fire, the podcast where we're going to be talking all things Atlanta United Football Club. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Aren't you excited, Atlanta United fans? Well, I know you're not after tonight's result against the Columbus crew. Uh, that is about as ugly as soccer gets. And the MLS back tournament in general has reminded me uh, how rough sledding the MLS can be as a league. Sure as hell was not a pretty demonstration by Atlanta United tonight. And I am hesitant to bring ATL on fire back, to be honest, and I'm missing my co-host, Dave Katz. I am joined by my yellow lab, Norton, who is equally as frustrated, and might you might hear him with his squeaker behind me. So I reluctantly kicked this rebooted ATL on fire podcast back into gear, and it's mainly just to get this off my chest. Tonight, let's just talk about tonight because I think it encapsulated the first two games. You know, everything that uh, was bad was equally as bad in the Cincinnati game and the New York Red Bull game. Saying that that was our best game is frightening. But it's almost like the team wasn't prepared. And I understand that from post-quarantine. But, you know, if you look at the EPL reboot, you know, the quality of them coming back after a hiatus. They were professionals. They were getting it done. I'm not seeing a lot of that from MLS teams across the board. And uh, I've watched a couple games, and boy, the quality of MLS soccer right now is begging a lot to ask for. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I'm all over the place tonight since I don't have an agenda. I'm just rebooting this thing. That was a miserable first half, first and foremost. Um you know, Guzan unlucky to be scored on with a deflection, but just, you know, our defense is all over the place. Just so many times. I mean, that one guy had a sitter. How he didn't score it, I don't know. I mean, Brad Guzan, again, made a nice save. It was uh, reminiscent of the goal that New York Red Bull scored on us. And it's certainly troubling that with three quality players really in the you know in the backfield in terms of their talent that uh frank DeBoer can't get them to gel because they sure as hell look like they might be oil and vinegar versus gel at this point they are not in sync and you know someone like mesa coming from a professional club you know in liga mx probably is scratching his head on why he's here because it's uh it, it is a total mess in the back. What else? I feel like we should trade Barco quickly and we might as well get some money for him so that uh we can reboot into next year. And uh what else? Where else am I going? Uh my player ratings, you want to hear them? Guzan 8, Escobar 2, Mesa 4, 3, Miles Robinson a 4 at best. 
Bellow, a four at best. Lennon, no lack of effort, but a four. Mo Adams, no lack of effort, but a four. Hyman, no lack of effort, but a four. Barco, probably our shiniest player on the field, played really well, but I at best give him a six because he didn't impact anything. PT Martinez, I give a one to, and Adam John a one also. The subs that came on, we had a Gallagher, a you know, center for forward that uh, came on as a left center back, and uh, I gave him a five because, well, Frank DeBoer believes in total football, evidently putting a forward in the defensive uh, position. Uh, but did fairly well given his orders. Uh, Castro, I give a 3-2, came in, played better in terms of uh, overall chances and didn't whiff anything, but didn't get it done. Remedy, 4, who else? I don't know, Lorenowitz and somebody else came on at the end. Unimpactful, total crap. And uh, it really embarrassing for uh, a club that has a higher standard. It felt like a pub league could have gone out there and done a better job. And frankly, you know, the Columbus crew didn't play great soccer either. Uh, you know, uninspiring, you know, soccer altogether on their front too. I, you know, I was was not impressed too much by anything that they did. Even our good old friend Nagby, while yes, you know, probably not mentioned too much uh, or recognized in the field. You could say that's a good thing, but I just, you know, he certainly didn't take it to us or do anything phenomenal in the field. So back to Atlanta, I'm going to just talk about my notes here. I I scribbled some shit down here. Really no urgency, terrible defending, no chemistry, looked sluggish. I'm sure the weather plays a part in that. I know playing in humid weather does stink, uh, but it's part of the professionalism and you know, it wasn't until the very last five minutes of the game until we finally started playing with any sort of urgency or direct play. Way too late. Well done. Way to start playing soccer the last five minutes. You always scratch your head when that happens in soccer. Uh, why not just play like that out of the gates? It, it just shows also, you know, that without the king on the field, Joseph Martinez, this team really lacks any sort of leadership on the field. Uh, and it also is showing to me that, you know, I've bitten my tongue uh, quite a bit on this podcast to not be early to judge Frank DeBoer from his previous stints. I was never a huge fan, just mainly because of his own body language and the way that he doesn't speak well in any of the five languages that he speaks in. Uh, he's unconvincing in terms of... Uh, clarity. I don't think he's the type of coach that can get a team gelled and going in the right direction. And this tournament is a clear indication of that. I know Dave and I argue often that coaching has more or less importance. I realize that a coach is an an important factor in a team's success, but I really, I think that there's some simple things that a coach can do not to mess it up. Um, that is most important. And, and more important is them, them being in a, able to pick a leader that's you know able to uh, bring it to the field. And even making that happen when you're losing your natural leader in Joseph Martinez, there is no single person on the field that is carrying the torch of you know doing what Joseph uh, does when he is on the field. 
And that means the coach is failing because, you know, giving that mantle to somebody is, is important uh, or identifying and encouraging that uh, of somebody on the field. So uh, Frank DeBoer out. Yeah, I just um, I've had enough of him at, at this point. You know, I think he is is not getting the job done. Oh, uh, and can I talk about P.T. Martinez? What do we got? We got the bad body language again that is resurfaced to its fullest uh, where he looks like a pouty five-year-old. Uh, we continued to give him the opportunity to take free kicks that he was making in South America but has yet to make here in the United States. And if you can't put it on frame, you don't deserve to be taking free kicks. Even Barco, who had his moment tonight to take a free kick, put it on the frame. Didn't have the power, but made the keeper at least make a save. Too many freaking times P.T. Martinez takes a shot, and it goes one, two feet over the corner of uh, the goal. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. If I had as many opportunities to take a free kick as P.T., I am fairly certain that I would have buried one. I, I am not kidding you. He is not capable of taking a free kick. Reboot next year, PT. Maybe if you can start to make them. Stop doing the fake dives. It's so annoying. And you're not going to get the call in the MLS or any league for that matter. Uh, and trying to do way the hell too much constantly uh, versus moving the ball around and letting some other people on the team get it back to you in the right position, giving it away in ridiculous spots in the center of the field that gave Columbus just an amazing opportunity basically to score. I don't know how they didn't repeatedly from two or three giveaways from PT Martinez. Man, what else do I got to say? Uh, I, I'd mentioned how bad the MLS is. Oh, es Escobar. Yeah, well done on really doing everything possible to try to ask that the referee give you a red card. And, you know, it just demonstrates that that maturity is lacking in his game. I don't see it going away. I was worried about it when LGP kind of fed into it, when anything wasn't going well back in the day with LGP, uh, Escobar kind of fed into that. And on evenings like tonight where the team's playing like crap, Escobar becomes a real hothead, uh, wants to complain to the referee. I'm no stranger to complaining to a referee, but that's because I'm 45 at 20-something. He needs to just zip it and get back to business. Can't believe the ref didn't chuck him out. Oh, uh, the commentators tonight, Taylor Twelman and uh, I forget who the other guy is, basically calling for Frank DeBoer's head. I mean, uh, really went at Atlanta United in terms of how flat we were, which is totally justified. And, um, you know, the fact that they were saying, hey, there was supposed to be a plane that flew over the stadium that called for Frank DeBoer out, you know, really taking a jab at him uh, when it comes to, you know, suggesting the total football mentality that he has when um, really this team has no business playing total football you know, putting a, a forward in the uh, in the backfield. While he did okay, you know, there was some risky moments the way he was playing uh, the ball back to Guzan and across the box uh, as a square ball that, you know, forwards just don't have the right nature in terms of understanding 
uh, what's prudent and what's not in the backfield. That's all I got tonight. This is ATL on fire. I guess we'll be back at some point in the future when uh, Atlanta comes back and the league may come back. But uh, I apologize for the lack of formality on the podcast today. But uh, I'm sipping a scotch and this was a terrible evening. And I leave you with that. Thanks for listening. If anybody actually made it this far in the podcast, would love to hear your feedback on Twitter at ATL on fire and tell your friends to subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google play, and really any sort of podcast uh, platform that you're on. So do listen again. Have a good one.